Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. Thank you for joining us again this week on the program. I've got a very special treat for you today. Uh, my pastor is on the set with me today who has just written a brand new book titled Unblemished, and we'll be talking about this for the next several weeks and uh, information on where you can get this book. Uh, we've been sharing some things for the last couple weeks uh, from the book of uh, Luke, and we've been talking about the Samaritan, and Jesus said basically he is the Samaritan in that story, and he said whatever it cost to make you better, I'm willing to pay the price for that. And that's just good news to anybody that's struggling. Let me say before we get into the Word today, though, that it is a great honor to have my pastor on today. This is Pastor Lisa Unger, and she pastors Word of Deliverance here in Berkeley Springs, where my family and I attend. And uh, if you are within driving distance of Word of Deliverance, you owe it to yourself to come by and visit a service on Sunday morning. She's a great preacher in her own right, not just a writer, but a speaker as well. And you will be blessed by her ministry. She's also my physical sister, so uh, she's my younger sister. So uh, (laughs) it's good to have you on the set today. Great to be here today. Thank you. We're going to talk a good bit about her book and some of the things she's shared. Matter of fact, some of the things I've been preaching recently and some of my conferences have come from conversations that her and I have had. I've not read her book yet, nor have I had the uh, opportunity to hear all of her series. While I've listened to some of it, I have not heard all of it. But I want you to know that if you miss one of these programs and you'd like to go back or you like what you're really hearing, and you want to go back uh, and listen to them. Everything that we have aired to date is archived on YouTube. And not only is it archived on YouTube so you can watch it on demand, it is also available, the audio portions of it are available on iTunes so you can download it to your smart device, listen to it, the audio portions while you go to work or whatever. Uh, It's also available on Android, an RSS feed is there available. The easiest way to do all of that is simply to go to my website at lenhouse.com and there's information on the screen uh, about that and uh, right in the upper right hand corner of our website there are icons for the YouTube channel and the iTunes. You can go back and watch them at your leisure and review anything that we've aired to date. We encourage you to do that. We encourage you to share them with your friends. Uh, Some folks are sharing some of the stuff that we're doing even in their Wednesday night uh, prayer meetings or some of the home groups that follow us are sharing them and then they have discussion on that. You're going to really be blessed by what uh, my pastor has been saying. Again, this is Pastor Lisa Unger, but I'm going to read a scripture to kind of get us started here and then I'm going to let her do most of the talking because she's got uh, the revelation of what all she wrote here. But I, I was thinking of a scripture to start us with in 2 Corinthians 3, and this is one I read quite a bit from the Message Bible. Verse 7, 2 Corinthians 3 said, The government of death, its constitution is chiseled on stone tablets. It had a dazzling inaugural, and Moses' faces he delivered the tablets was so bright that day that even though it would fade soon enough that the people of Israel could no more look right at him than to stare into the sun. How much more dazzling then is the government of living spirit? And here's the verse I really want to emphasize. If the government of condemnation was impressive, how about this government of affirmation? 
bright as that old government was, it would look downright dull alongside this new one if that makeshift arrangement impressed us. How much more this brightly shining government installed for all eternity. Now some of the things that Pastor Lisa has been sharing, especially in this book, and you're just going to be really, really blessed if, you, uh, if you're going to miss any of you, at least set your DVR. Because what she really talks about in this book and what our ministry and hers emphasizes quite a bit is the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. The Old Covenant was a government of condemnation. It was always about what was wrong with you and what disqualified you. And the New Covenant is a government of affirmation. It's whatever it takes to bring you into the favor of God. God is willing to do that. He affirms us and not just pushes us away. And so this powerful book is about, uh, it's about what qualifies you instead of what disqualifies you. And so uh, it's taken from Leviticus 21, and I'm just going to let her talk. I think that that would probably be a good starting point. So it's great to have you on the program today, Lisa, and just make yourself at home and talk to the people. <laughs> thank you. It's great to be here, and, and thank you for this opportunity. And we're just super excited about what the Lord has been sharing and about where we're going with the book. And, um, you know, the Lord just began to speak to me um, back some time ago and opened the scripture out of Leviticus 21 to me. And it's a list of all of the things and, you know, the priesthood under the Mosaic Covenant and, and Levitical priesthood. And it was all of the things that were the blemishes that if you had a blemish that you were not allowed to go into the holy place and the most holy place and you would be disqualified from serving of the bread or, or the function of the tabernacle uh, because of the blemishes that you had. And so, you know, they list all of the blemishes there and, and they list if you had a crooked back and if you were a dwarf or if you had, uh, if you were blind, if you had a withered hand or if you, whatever your blemish was that you were disqualified. And so as you were sharing, you know, a lot of the things, uh, you know, that we have tended to do is look at all of the things that's wrong with us instead of all the things that's right with us. And, and so I love, you know, the book of Song of Solomon, how, you know, he comes along and she starts out by saying how, she, you know, how she sees herself. I'm black, you know, and, and I'm uncomely and I've, uh, I've kept everybody else's vineyard and I've not kept my vineyard. And basically what she's saying is I'm not a palace girl. Mm -hmm. I'm a working girl. I've been working in the fields. I've been laboring and I see myself that's how I see myself. Mm -hmm. But her, her king lover comes along and says, you're altogether lovely and there's no spot in thee. How powerful it is to think of our beloved, mm -hmm. you know, as Christians, uh, as our beloved, being able to come along and say to you, I don't see you as flawed. I, don't, I see you as spotless. I don't see any spot in you because we get up every morning and look into the mirror and say, you know, what's wrong with me this morning? What do I need to fix? Yeah. What, you know, that's how we're trained to do. We look for our blemishes instead of looking about what's right with us. But as I begin to look at the scriptures, uh, I see in, you know, Luke chapter four, when Jesus comes along and really he stands up for his great beginning opening sermon to the people. And he goes into the temple and they hand him the scrolls of Isaiah. And he begins to read from the scrolls of Isaiah and said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to set at liberty those that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, a year of acceptance in, in the yep. Father. You know, not a year of rejection, but a year of acceptance. Year of and so he's preaching the favor of our God. 
And you would think that revival would break out in the temple and, you know, the Everybody folks are going to be shouting him down, you know. And, um, and he closes the scrolls, and if he just stopped right there, everybody went home, had Sunday dinner, and things would have been great. But he says, and today this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. And to you and I, in this day, in this mindset, we're thinking, wow, you know, powerful. You know, the Messiah that's been prophesied, he's here, he's come, he's anointed to seek out that which is broken, bruised, hurt, wounded, whatever. But when he closes the book and he says, today this is fulfilled in your ears, they start to say, wait a minute, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't this Joseph's son? You know, and he said, you would say to me, you know, physician, heal yourself. But he said, I'm going to tell you, prophets without honor among his own people. And then he gives them the demonstration of the widow in Zarephath, and he gives them the, the demonstration of Naaman. He said, none were healed, save those, but because they believed by faith. Mm -hmm. And so what he's doing is beginning to do a transition of system. And there, by the time he gets to the end of it, they're ready to throw him off the brow of the hill. And he goes from there. And I believe what Jesus is, you know, his, what he has established is saying, my ministry is to reconcile, to heal everything that has been broken, lost, and has been labeled blemished under that old covenant. I'm on a mission. Mm -hmm. And I think that's powerful. And so he begins to go out from there and he's, you know, you know, we look at the scriptures and he'll say, why does your, they say to the disciples, why do your masters eat with unwashed hands? Why do they hang out with the publicans and the sinners? And Jesus simply said, those that be whole don't need a physician, mm -hmm. but those who are sick. And so we see that Jesus takes a different mindset. And so he gives the uh, parable, and you know, we did some studies on parables in, in our Wednesday night Bible study there for a while. And, and when you start to look at parables, sometimes you've got to say, you know, how does this fit into my concept of grace? How does this fit into, but, when you, but context is everything. Yep. And when you start looking at them, you've got to go back and figure out who he's talking to, what the concept, the custom of the day, the Jewish con the customs and the backgrounds of that. Mm -hmm. But he begins to, to, to tell them, he said, you know, a man makes a great feast. And he invites them to come. He said, they with one accord began to make excuse. Well, I've taken a wife or I've bought a yoke of oxen or whatever, and I've not, no, I'm, I can't come. And there was a lot of rejection. Jesus said, I came first to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You know, he came to his own and his own received mm -hmm. him not. And then he gives them the picture. He said, you know, he said, Master, we've given the great invitation and, and they can't come. They're not coming. They've rejected the invitation. He said, here's what I want you to do then. He said, I want you to go out and get the broken, the lame, the crippled, the, the blind, the hurting, and I want you to bring them in. Mm -hmm. So they go out and they make the invitation to everyone now who's been blemished. Under the old covenant, you didn't get an invitation. Yeah. But under the new covenant, there's an invitation. Yeah. And so he sends out an invitation, and, he, and they, so they bring in, you know, they make the invitation, and they come in, and he said, now I want you to go out in the highways and the byways and to compel them to come in. Not just the broken or hurting, but the, the sinner, the lost, the Gentile, mm -hmm. the one who would have been forsaken, who didn't get an invitation, and I want them to come in. He said that my house might be full. And, and they're, they're offended by his parable, mm -hmm because he's made an inclusive gospel that says it's for the whosoever will. And you know, we see the picture of King David when he had made a covenant 
with Jonathan mm -hmm. concerning Mephibosheth. Mm -hmm. And um, he said, is there anybody left in the house that I can fulfill my mm -hmm. covenant with? And of course he sends for Mephibosheth and Mephibosheth comes in with a mentality, says, falls down before the great king and says, why would you call for me such a dead dog as I? And he sees himself as a dead dog before the Messiah, you know, before the he king. He's a cripple boy. He's a cripple boy. He's both of his feet. He's got a blemish. Mm -hmm. You know, why would you call for me? And really he's blemished because somebody with all of good intentions had picked him up, but had dropped him. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of people that I believe today that are walking around in a crippled state. Oh, they might walk in looking good, yeah. you know, might be looking, got their precious Jesus face on, so to speak, yeah. but they're hurting and crippled and wounded because somebody has dropped them or mishandled them and not even necessarily in a way that's intentional, but, you know, the, but when the king calls for you to sit at his table, his limitations didn't keep him from the king's table. And what I think is so powerful about this understanding of this feast is your limitations don't keep you from sitting at the king's table. And your disqualifications, that he came to call people who thought they were disqualified under the old covenant are now qualified. They're now accepted in the beloved. You know, I was thinking while you were talking about that with the Song of Solomon, that, that was the concept she had. She said, I'm as black as the curtains of Kedar. And Kedar was the second son of Ishmael. And uh, really she was alluding to who she thought she was in, in her old nature, because Ishmael, you know, would be, uh, you know, equivalent to looking at the Jacob and Esau, you know, and, mm -hmm. uh, 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 you know, of course, like I said, Kedar being the second son of, of um, um, I lost his name there. Ishmael. Ishmael. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's looking at not so much an ethnic thing there as much as he is, or she's looking at the fact that she says, in that chapter, the son has looked upon me. I'm a field hand. Right. I'm a working girl. Slave girl. I'm a low class. Mm -hmm. I'm not palace material. And there are probably so many people out there who have set under the wrong covenant because the, the covenant of, of, of the old covenant was a government of condemnation. It was what disqualifies you. Right. And, and if you've been preached at what's wrong with you your whole life, after a while you're going to feel like I'm just unworthy. Right. But then you find out that Jesus comes on the scene with a whole different message, which is actually good news right. for people who feel like they've been disqualified or that they're so broken that they're beyond God's redemptive purpose. And that's what really upsets, I think, a lot of these religious people is because Jesus comes and says, I've offered it to you. Right. You were invited to the feast. Now, Whoever, whoever's hungry come to this feast because, and you know that and that's really what's so powerful about this book is that he's, he's telling people and that's what's so powerful one of the reasons I want you to come on today is that there's so many people that feel so disqualified and so blemished and so broken it's like I've been talking about in the, the, the four programs prior to this Jesus finds a man who's been bleeding by the Jericho Road who really had been uh, the thief that had left him bleeding died was really one of the thieves was the thief of religion mm -hmm. that left the life running out of him rather than putting the life back right. in him. Right. But Jesus comes on the scene and says, whatever costs to make you better. Right. And that's the powerful picture of what he's doing in the new covenant is he finds you in your brokenness, right. accepts you and then you know, takes you with your blemish and, 
and, uh, and, and you're not disqualified. I mean, to me, it's such a powerful thing to see that you're accepted. You know, one of the things, and I'll let you have it back here just because I don't want you to do most of the talking, but uh, we, when, he, when Mary, when God said to Mary, Hail thou are, that are highly favored. That phrase, highly favored, is only mm-hmm. ever used one other place yeah. in the scripture, the Greek phrase, and it is, you're accepted in the beloved. Yeah. And so you're not just accepted, but you're highly favored. And what's wonderful about it is you're not just highly favored to leave you in that condition. The great physician has come on the scene to encounter all these things and right. to make them whole. Right. And, and his mission is not just to, you're, you're okay to stay like you're yeah. blemished. He has the power to heal mm-hmm. and to make you whole. Yeah. And that, you know, that's his mission to do. And, um, you know, in, in talking about the story of, of um, Mephibosheth, when he comes in, David's, you know, it really had nothing to do with Mephibosheth. It had everything to do with the covenant. Yeah. And if we really understand the power of the covenant, yep. that Jesus sealed in blood through the cross, yep. that's what gives us the right to sit at the table. And when you sit under the king's table with the linen tablecloth, with a table that's set with lamb yep. and wine and bread, it's not nobody sees your blemishes anymore. Yep. You're covered by his righteousness. Yep. And it really is the power of his righteousness that covers your blemishes or heals yep. your blemishes. And so Jesus sets out on a mission, I believe, to seek and to save that which was lost. Mm-hmm. What's he, what was lost? It's everything that was lost under that covenant or under that system. Mm-hmm. Everybody who was disqualified. And Jesus makes that statement, I come to seek and to save that which was lost in reference to Zacchaeus. When he comes to Zacchaeus, and so we know under the old covenant, if you were, had a blemish or if you were a dwarf, mm-hmm you were disqualified from the kingdom. And so, you know, we sing the song for years in church, Zacchaeus was a wee little man Mm -hmm. who climbs up in the sycamore so he can see Jesus. You know, he's a man. The scripture tells us he's probably a man of little stature Mm -hmm. or he was probably a dwarf. You know, he was a man of little stature. But but the the account of what's so powerful about that is that when Jesus comes passing through the city, Zacchaeus climbs up in a sycamore tree. Of course, you can make a whole lot of references to the sycamore tree that yep. Jesus curses when he comes out of there because it was a religious system that started in the garden when man tried to cover himself with a fig leaf. Mm-hmm. You know, or, uh, Actually, the sycamore tree, the Senator Colin Reference calls it the, the, uh, an inferior, inferior fig tree. An inferior fig tree. And when Jesus goes in to uh, the temple, and he curses, and he he overthrows the tables of the money changers and all of that, and he and he curses the fig tree. He said, "No more shall my house be called a, mer- a house of merchandise, but it'll be called a house of prayer." And he curses that fig tree yep. and curses that system, and said, "That system will no longer stand." Mm-hmm. And what he's doing is removing man's attempt to cover themselves with an artificial covering of a fig leaf, mm-hmm. that type of system. Yep. And so when he finds Zacchaeus, he's in that fig tree. He's climbed up in the fig tree, but he's hoping to see Jesus. And there's a whole lot of people, I think, that are up in a fig tree, that are in a system, Mm -hmm. that are crying out, we would see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. I'm not worried about your fanfare. I don't care how many programs you got. I don't care how we set up the stage. I I want to see Jesus. And I tell our folks all the time, if we don't come and encounter presence, when we come into an assembly and the body of Christ comes together, then we've just had another meeting yep. that's no different than you know any, other, any other club. Yeah. But it's about his presence. But Zacchaeus has a desire. He wants to see Jesus. Yep. 
And the scripture tells us in all of that crowd and all that multitude, he finds that man, the dwarf, he finds yep. Zacchaeus in that tree and he stops and looks up in the tree and says, Zacchaeus, today I'm going to your house because the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost. Mm -hmm. Under the old covenant, Zacchaeus, number one, you had a blemish. Number two, you're a tax collector. Mm -hmm. You're a publican. And you know, two, two chapters before that, just to jump in here a minute, that, uh, that, he, that there's, there's a, a, an incident where there is a man who says, I thank God that I'm not like that sinner. I'm not like that publican, publican. and that, and I, I think he's probably pointing at Zacchaeus, who two chapters before that was just disqualified by that very system, and now he's up in a tree because he probably thinks Jesus would pass him by, but he's about to find out he's going to pass by the dude who said, I thank God I'm not like that sinner, and he's out here with a publican, a sinner who was blemished and disqualified, but now he's found the dwarf. Right. He's going to restore it. Go ahead. Right. And he calls him the chief tax collector. Yeah, yeah. That means like he's the head and he's got guys working under him. And, and they despised him because they were working for Roman rule. They were taking a, a cut on the side. I mean, there's a whole lot of reasons why they despised. But Jesus, of his 12 hand-picked, has Matthew, who was a tax collector as well, mm -hmm. who's a publican, and gets in trouble for hanging out with Matthew because, you know, he's not the, you know, the normal kind of guy. But he sees, Jay, uh, sees Zacchaeus up in a tree and he said, Zacchaeus, come down because today I'm going to your house. And I really believe if we ever have people that really realize that Jesus just wants to come and encounter yeah. you. He wants to encounter your presence. He wants to come to your house. You know, and he goes to the house of Zacchaeus and the scripture doesn't tell us that Jesus preaches at him. He doesn't quote him scripture. He doesn't tell him, Zach, buddy, you got to straighten up. You know, you've yep. been living wrong. You're a publican. It doesn't tell us anything yep. that Jesus says. But Zacchaeus stands up at the end of the meeting and said, if I've wronged anybody, I'm going to make it right. Yep. And he begins to say, you know what? I need to make some changes yep. in my life. I need, I have been, I've been in the presence of greatness today. Yep. I have encountered the Messiah. I've encountered Jesus. And I'm a firm believer if we ever will just preach that Jesus, yep. the one who came to seek and to save what has been lost, every blemish we have will be pale and be dim in view of the fact that when you encounter the presence of Jesus, something's got to change. Yep. See, we sometimes think, well, I can, you know, under, um, under grace, well, I can do this, I can do that, you know, and, and we're looking for an avenue to do what we want, a selfish gospel, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. And what I love about Jesus, that he hung out with publicans and sinners, but when he left the room, they said, I want to be like that yeah, guy. Yeah. See, my, my, I, I'm not trying to hang out someplace that, that I want to adapt and become like them. That's the thing. I want to show a Jesus that when we walk away, they say, there's something to that. My dysfunction I, was touched. Right. I, that There's something more than what I've encountered. Mm -hmm. There is a presence. There's something about that man that just changed my life yeah. today. And I still believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to yeah. change people's lives. Yeah. So we can have an encounter like that. And so that's Jesus' mission. You know, he seeks out those who would have said, I'm glad I'm not like that guy, yeah. where the pharisaical system had no opportunity for him. But Jesus says, hey, Zach, I'm going to hang out at your house yep. today. And when he does, 
there's a change that takes place in Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus stands up and said, you know, I'm going to give my goods to the poor. I'm going to, if I've wronged anybody, I'm going to make it right. And there's a change that takes place. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm looking for in the gospel. That's what I'm looking for in the encounter with people. I want the gospel that says, you know what, I may have been broken. I may view myself as blemished or broken or unvaluable. I might not have grown up with the right name. I didn't have the right credentials or whatever. But the power of the Holy Spirit to transform lives and to take us from that blemished, broken state and say, Lord, here I am. Just being in your presence is powerful enough to change my life. Absolutely. You know, to make make that change and to make something new Mm -hmm. out of that. And it may not just be that you perceive that you're broken. You might really be broken. Right. I, I don't doubt that probably in that text, like I said, about two chapters prior to the Zacchaeus story, the religious guy says, I thank God I'm not like that sinner. And he lists all of his religious credentials and all of his good works. Mm-hmm. And the sinner just beats on his breast and said, be merciful to be a sinner. It wouldn't surprise me if Jesus wasn't standing somewhere in the wings, seeing how they're treating him and saying, I'm going to that guy's house before the day's over. Because he comes into places, and so you may really, truly be broken. You know, this is a brand new year, and you know, New Year's resolutions do not work. They are self-help programs. But turning to Jesus really does work. And when you turn to Jesus, and Jesus comes to your house, it turns everything around. And what you thought was dysfunction and disqualification becomes His mission to heal, to deliver, to change the circumstances. And then, you know, people say all the time, and you've probably heard me say this the last four weeks even, I just need to get my act together. And I tell you, if you get your act together, it's just an act. But Jesus really does come on the scene, and that's we're going to talk about this more. But He comes on the scene to take all of this brokenness. And these people who were truly, you know, the ones who thought they're the rejects of society, and He says to them, you know, uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to qualify the unqualified. I'm going to a- affirm them that were condemned under the old covenant. What a great, better covenant that we can be invited to this great feast. I, you may feel like Mephibosheth. You've got to drag yourself to the table today. When he came to the table, he thought, what am I but a dead dog? And the king said, I didn't bring you here to kill you, Mephibosheth. I brought you here to give you back all your father's inheritance and to cause you to sit with my sons at my table and act like an heir and act like a son. Because the emphasis of the gospel in this hour is not what's under the table, it's on what's on the table and probably what was on the table was lamb. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you. The lamb is the answer. You need to go to the information that will be on the screen. The book is called Unblemished, an invitation to the great feast. And uh, you'll be blessed if you go get that book. Uh, In the meantime, if you'd like to become a partner with our ministry, or you'd like to sow into the ministry to help us to keep the gospel going around the world, call the number on the screen. Go to our website, There's, a, or you can just simply send a check or money order to the address that will come on the scene. We do need your help. It takes your support to keep the gospel going around the world. You're not disqualified. You're qualified. Invite Jesus into your house today. God bless you. 
I'm very excited to announce the release of my newest book. It is titled, From Law to Grace, A Kingdom Paradigm Shift. In this book, we talk about how the gospel is not about a law you have to keep. It is about receiving a life that will keep you. It is not about living this life out of fear. It is about living a life of faith. It is not about rules. It's about a relationship with a loving Father. It is about moving from the old covenant government of condemnation to the new covenant government of affirmation. It is about living life as a citizen of the kingdom right now.